0: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to What's the Word? Uh, the show that's about finding final, what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers. My name is Shabal John, and thank you for joining me. I had the honor of chatting with Dave Sanderson, who is the owner of Dave Sanderson Speak. Now, uh, he is uh, known for being one of the survivors of the miracle of Hudson's the u s air airways flight fifteen nineteen that uh that dished into the Hudson River seven years ago now he uh, stopped by to chat with me about uh about that experience in in how he was one of the last passengers to be off of that plane and also how to inspire him to to start his uh company Dave Hanson Speaks. Now you're going to hear about uh, how he about uh his thoughts on the upcoming movie called sullly which is set to be out on september 9th. now before we get to this show. I want to say this, this show is uh, sponsored by uh, Office in America, which is a uh, co-workers space. And you can visit them uh, at uh, www.officeinamerica.com. So now without further ado, here's the interview with uh, Dave Stiles.
1: Thanks again for taking time on your busy schedule. I know you're <laughs> extremely busy, but thanks again. Uh, I, I'm going to start off with an icebreaker question, and the question is, uh, who's your favorite sports team and why?
2: Oh, I would believe my favorite sports team would be the Cincinnati Reds. I grew up in that area. And the reason why would be because when I was, uh, I think I was seven when it happened, I had got the opportunity to be a bat boy for the day for the Reds. So I, that's before the big red machine. But I got to meet and sit on the bench for a game and at Old Crosley Field. And once you do that and you're up close and personal, man, how can you not be their favorite team?
1: That's really cool. i us have some soap. And you said before the big red machine
2: happened. Yeah, it was nineteen sixty-eight, so it's before the big red machine started uh, started their run. Oh
1: wow, that's really awesome, there. So that's that's really cool. So now uh, let's uh, talk more first about so your business, Dave Sanderson speaks. Uh, can you tell us more about that?
2: Uh, it really blossomed out of uh, what happened to me on the. Miracle on the Hudson, the plane crash in the Hudson River. Canley, I was a uh, sales manager for a company by the name of Oracle and been in sales at that point for, what, uh, 28 years. And uh, I was always in the corporate world, but then I started speaking around the country and then ultimately around the world and, and I realized that uh, I could have more impact by starting my own business and not only speaking, but doing workshops for organizations and writing books and doing video series. So... Um, that's why I started my own business and it really, uh, it, like most entrepreneurs, you know, you think you're going to start out with a big bang, but everybody's got their challenges and there's a big learning curve. So I got to, uh, experience that learning curve like everybody else, but it's been quite a ride. That's
1: really awesome there. So now, so now, uh, let's, I go to the time of the miracle Hudson, uh, you know, many many are saying that was probably one of the you know that's that's probably one of the greatest us uh, you know survivals, I you know in history basically because of the circumstances where uh you know where where the captain uh, landed the plane in the Hudson River and everyone came out alive. So can you share with us uh you know that that uh time you know where you guys uh you know came through that?
2: Well. You know, I wasn't supposed to be on the plane, Shovel. I was supposed to be on the plane at 5 o'clock, but we started our day. I started my day about 5 o'clock because I was in a, working in a distribution center in Brooklyn, New York at that time. And distribution centers opened up early in the morning. This one opened up at 2 o'clock in the morning. So we started our day about 5 because we wanted to be in there when everything was really uh, starting up and working through it. So we got done about 10 uh, with our day. So I, I was at the end of a three-day business trip up and down the East Coast and made the phone call to the travel agent worked work with her and she put me on flight 1549 so uh, i truly believe i was supposed to be on that plane for a reason because they gave up a first class seat at five o'clock for a coach seat on uh, on that flight but i truly believe that was supposed to happen nothing extraordinary about the day it was 11 degrees and snowing that day but that's new york in the middle of the winter no big deal and uh a little over 60 plus seconds after we took off, office when i heard the explosion and and, you know, you know it, didn't, it didn't startle me because I thought the plane lost an engine because when I looked out, I saw fire coming out from underneath the left wing. But, you know, I fly so often 100-plus times a year, I thought the plane lost an engine, no big deal, because I felt him banking. And I thought he was going back to LaGuardia just to get another plane. But, you know, I knew until he said his famous words, brace for impact, that what happened on the left side of the plane where I was at also happened on the right side of the plane as a double bird strike simultaneously, which is a one-in-a-billion shot. Um, usually they wouldn't hit at the same time, but we only heard, all of us only heard one big loud noise, one big loud explosion. So I think everybody thought, all right, we have another engine to get back, but we didn't have anything. It was a, it was a dead plane. So the captain Sullenberger and captain scouts did a tremendous job of gliding that plane over the George Washington bridge. Cause he only cleared it by about 300 feet. The bridge is about 600, 600 plus feet up. So he was about a thousand, 1100 feet at that point. Once he got it over there's no place else to go but in the Hudson. He uh, he made a miraculous landing, which, once again, is a one-in-a-million shot to be able to get it down the way he did uh, to uh, make sure the plane wasn't torn up and and having the least amount of injuries slash casualties. And, of course, as we know now, we had no, no casualties, and a few people got injured. I had hypothermia, and Barry, who was with me in the hospital, oh. that fractured his sternum, and a couple other people got some cuts and bruises. But overall, uh, it was pretty uh, – Pretty amazing that no one got severely injured during that, and of course, no fatalities, which was the first time in aviation history that ever happened. So, very, very blessed to be um, be a part of that, and very blessed that we uh, we had a team of people that could execute the, when they had to in that moment.
1: All right. Now, of course, uh, Ian mentioned uh, you know beforehand that you know it was basically the teamwork of the people, the the uh, flight attendants, and also. The passengers that, that allowed you guys to get out of life. Uh, now I gotta ask the opposite question and I hate to ask this part of the question, but what if there wasn't much teamwork per se? What if everyone was panicking and everyone decided to just, you know, be you know, everyone for themselves per se? Do you think it would have been a different outcome?
2: Well let me answer that's a good question. Let me answer it this way. So I think basically this is what came yeah. from Captain because I think it was a great insight that he had. He shared with us that <clears throat> a lot of the teamwork, excuse me, came from the passenger makeup of the plane. And what I mean by that is, you know, roughly 90 percent of the people on that plane were business people who travel frequently by themselves. And so you had, you know, a few people that uh, had not traveled a lot. So there was a few variables and you contrast that. If are people have ever seen the movie Flight with Denzel Washington, which was flying out of Orlando to Atlanta, and the, if you look at the passenger makeup of a plane coming out of Orlando, it's usually families, older folks, people who don't travel extensively, with a few business people. And you saw what happened uh, in that movie, even though it was a movie, how people panicked, people were uh, out of their out of sorts, and what the result of that was. So. I truly believe that it was the passenger makeup of that plane once the captain S- S- Sullenberger, and Captain Scouts got it down, it came down to that teamwork from the passenger makeup where people didn't lose their minds um because it could have been a totally different outcome if anybody would have lost it that day
1: wow that's that's a really interesting analogy there so so uh, basically now um you know after th- after that uh, trauma per se. Uh, every, it kind of took you a while to get back to normal, is, in some sense, and you still have some struggles. So, how do you deal with the uh, stress trauma, per se, of that, of uh, of surviving the Miracle on Hudson? Well,
2: U.S. Airways did a tremendous job. They offered each of us some therapy, and a lot of people took them up on. It. I did not, um, because I, you know, with my training, I've been with Tony Robbins as his head of security and assistant head of security for ten years. So I've learned and absorbed a lot of things and knew Tony personally. So the coaching I had from him helped me a lot uh, because it's about the, you know, I looked at it as what questions were was I asking myself uh, compared to other people. And I, I asked a different level of question. Well, I think where I asked, asked the question, how can I add even more value and enjoy the process where some people who were went into a depressed state, you know, were why did this happen to me? <clears throat> you know, I'll never fly again. They start stacking negative things on where I start stacking positive things and that didn't come to realization for me for a few years until aARP did a did an article on me called jolt that talked about how I had PTGS which is called post-traumatic growth syndrome compared to PTSD uh, where a lot of people had that and a lot of people who go through a traumatic experience have that and they, they basically talked about how I did that in this article and all of a sudden it came to realization to me it's it's, it's the questions you Ask yourself, and also the second thing is I processed it. I went out and started speaking quickly and got my story out, uh, and that helped me start thinking through the things that happened. Where some people didn't talk about it, didn't do any media, didn't do any talks, and all of a sudden they bottled up inside, and it just keeps building, building, building to a point where they had uh, had challenges. So I think there was those two things really contributed to uh, to where I'm at today and how I, I responded. From growing instead of going into a depressed state.
1: Wow, that's really, that's a I never know about that uh, that part of the you know, I I mean I know I only really knew about post-traumatic stress syndrome, but I didn't know about the other half of that before.
2: Right, PTGS, post-traumatic growth syndrome.
1: Wow, that's a, that's something new there. So yep. so what so basically like for so in a sense though, you know, applying to like business in you know, business and like social media per se. Do you think, like you know, if if uh, business owners or anyone uh, learn how to, like you know, like to basically co- you know help each other out in situations, you think that they would end wind up being successful?
2: Well, there were a lot of lessons, business lessons that came out. This is of the, the Miracle on the Hudson. I because I think most of the people on that plane were business type people. And, I'll give you, some, I think, give you some examples. Definitely, we already talked a little bit about the teamwork, about how 155 people came together who did not know each other, who did not care about each other, checked their egos at the door and did something in six minutes that has never been done before. So if you translate that to business and entrepreneurs, you know if you can get people working off the same mission and checking their ego and say, you know why it's not about me, it's about the greater good, you can really get something accomplished quickly. It's a great case study for that. Definitely about leadership, you know, for in, in, in business. If you look at it from that perspective, because leaders had to step up. And what thing you find out, when you go through a, what I call your own personal plane crash, or I had a literal plane plane crash. I call everybody's got their own personal plane crash, which may be a health scare, or a flood, fire, whatever, car wreck, or what it may be in their lives, is that the person who has the most certainty all of a sudden becomes a leader in the most uncertain times. Well, that time was very uncertain, Shovel. I mean, you got a plane crash going on and people going all different directions. All of a sudden, people with the most certainty stood up, and all of a sudden, were seen as leaders and gave direction, and people followed. And that's how a lot of things happen. So you look at from the leadership perspective. So there's like twelve lessons, and I, I talk about and I write about in my book, Moments Matter, uh, about those things that translate to business that every day that business people go through, and how you can use. Use these kind of skill sets to help now improve yourself, improve your team, improve your company. All right.
1: Now, 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 speaking about uh, your book, now, you know, you you had an interesting uh way, process of writing your book, which I know that you know it's in a sense it's like now in this digital age now, you know we can repurpose our content uh, towards like you know a blog post, or a podcast, or a book for the better. So, can you share with us about how? How you wrote that book, and and what could, what you can share with us, what lessons can you share with us about, you know,
2: repurposing like you know uplifting content. Oh, thank you. So, Kenley, I wasn't planning on doing a book, but my former assistant Vicky, who this was about two years ago this month in August, called me and said you need to really record what happened to you that day and afterwards for your grandkids. So if you're not here, at least they know your story. And it sort of reminded me of what happened to a couple of people I knew down who lived down the street from me. A couple of ladies that I used to go down and help when they needed help, whether it's turning their TV on or fixing a light bulb. They were they were uh, you know, concentration camp survivors, and I I didn't know that until I got to talk to them. And I wanted them to record their story for 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 history, and they wouldn't do it because they were they just couldn't want to put it behind them. So I told Vicky that I would do it, and we recorded about eight or nine hours of audio tape of details and minute to minute. And all of a sudden, we realized there were there were lessons out of this that, that can really translate to business. So that's how the book came about, and and we call it a moments matter because what I realized, and I shared with my my team was, well, when you go through something like this, you realize all those moments in your life that you don't think really do matter, that all of a sudden add up, they do matter. And so the things you think are mundane, all of a sudden may save your life. That's how we came to put 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 the book together, and I think at that point in time, um, it really started taking off because I started taking that information that I learned and, and we put together with Cindy we put together and started repurposing that information, which is now I have a video series coming out based on these 12, 12 sets or 12 resources. And uh, I, you know, writing the blogs that I do now gives me more content to be able to always speak about, but also have another book on top of moments matter. So I think uh, what I tell folks is I say, you know, Document everything you do, whether it's audio, whether you write it down, whatever you do, document it because you never know when that content may be able to come back to, to serve you in some way and repurpose it.
1: Wow, that's that's really great advice, too. Now, now I gotta ask about this because the movie Sully is coming out on September 9th, and and of course, uh, you know, from what I've seen, in, you know, in the New York Post, it says that you know, it was kind of saying like you know, the director, uh, Clade Eastwood, uh, knows how to Turn like a you know like a thing of like turn like like an actual stuff paraphrase it into like a tragedy like tragedy paraphrase it per se because of the fact that the way how the film is is made is almost seems as if it's more torturous per se like it's it showing the other side of the Hudson so so what's your thoughts on that
2: I think one thing I and I got had the honor to meet Clint Eastwood when we shot. I was honored to be able to shoot a few scenes and one thing I've learned about Clint Eastwood not only meeting him but reading about the work he's done he he has a a, a tremendous way to tell a hero story and he really digs deep into that what they call the backstory or the untold side of the equation because people need to understand how do you get to that point when that when that hero's moment comes and I think that's what people are going to see in the movie Sully I think he's going to be able to share that those insights on how he got to that point and 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 be, was able to, what I when I say and when I write about is to have those all those years of humility to prepare those years to have that one moment to, and the confidence to execute when the time comes, and that's what I think Clint Eastwood does the best, and I think that's what people are going to see when the movie Sully comes out. I'm really excited, and, and and really happy for Captain Sullenberger that his this story, this entire story, is going to be told.
1: That's really awesome, there. So, so now I got to ask you this question: In your mind, uh, do you think? I mean, I've seen I've seen some clips of it, and and of course, it showed some parts of where you know they were, like they were, like the entire you guys were interrogated by the NTSB. Uh, did, was that? Uh, can you share with us? Uh, you know, why you think? Uh, do you think that that was like you know f- that was fair for them to like, you know, to I don't know. What was your thoughts on that? You know, so, go through that.
2: Yeah, I, I think. All of us were interviewed by the NTSB, and some of us were interviewed by the FAA likewise. But, you know, with the captain and Captain Skiles and Captain Sullenberger, of course, they're going to get much more intense scrutiny from the NTSB. I think uh, that's something that people really don't realize when, when something goes down like this, how uh, they have to get to the bottom of what really happens. So, of course, they can make sure it doesn't happen again. So I think when they showed those scenes in the in the trailers and what people are going to see in the movie is, uh, is the intense questioning of everything that happened that day and which made I think Sully and Skiles they had a lot of certainty on the decision they made. I think the people are going to see that you know they ultimately made the right decision, but they're also going to see what that backside of it where all of us went through our interrogations and they of course went through a much more intense interrogation.
1: Wow. Okay. So now, uh, so now, in this day and age of social media, do you think now, like, you know, that, you know, like, like more people, like, more, more celebrities are on the screen? How would, like, say, like, you know, like a celebrity or someone who's trying to make it in the business world or in their careers, how can they overcome uh, the, their own personal plane crashes, especially, like, if now, like, if they're trying to build their careers, per se, especially on social media?
2: Well, one thing I've learned, and of course I'm, a, I'm probably still a novice at social media, and I, uh, I, as I, I hate to use the word outsourcing, but I outsource it to a professional who can help me and give me guidance on how to do it, and make sure. And the one thing that I tell the folks that I work with um, on social media is, is, you know, I want to be able to, I want to give credit to other people in social media, not myself. I think, you know. Nah. I get enough credit for what I do in my world. I'm responsible for But in social media, I want other people to get, 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 get their, get their time, get their, get their views. So in social, when it comes to social media, my focus is always to share somebody else's story and give them the opportunity to have some light shine on them so they can have their story told. Um, And I can give them that, I can give them that view. Hopefully I give them some different perspective on that. I went through it myself. Um, and one thing that uh, when I was working with Tony Robbins and Tony and I talked right after the plane crash, he he always reminded me he said, you know, just stay your humble self and you'll be fine. And that's what I try to do. So that's what I coach and tell my my team to do. And hopefully it comes across that way.
1: All right. Okay, that's so basically in a sense like for like for the up for those who are trying to be upcoming superstars, they should not they should not have an ego, but they should just you know be be humble and also. Also, be a giver per se
2: it's always about contribution, and once you go through a life changing experience like I did and most a lot of us did um it's about really giving back, and that's what I realized were I thought I was giving back, and i I did what I was supposed to do, but all of a sudden there's another level, and people gave me many things that day um now it's my turn to give them back and help like I do for the Red Cross, help them raise money for people like what's going on right now in Louisiana. Um, and sort of saying the other things that they got to respond to. So it's all about giving back and contribution.
1: All right. Now I now I got to ask this question here, and I should have asked this earlier, but but you but I know that you were one of the last passengers off the plane. What you know? What led you to decide to you know to get get others off first before yourself?
2: Well, it wasn't my game plan to be the last passenger off the plane. My game plan, candidly, when we got down, was to get up, get to the aisle, and get out. That was exactly the strategy that I had once I realized that I was alive. But when I got to the aisle, something happened and sort of made me change my game plan on the fly. And what happened was is my mother who had passed away in nineteen ninety seven started talking to me in my head. And what I heard her tell me is if you do the right thing, God will take care of you. And but what which, which I tell people, she gave me the choice of what was the right thing for me. The right thing for me may have still been to get out of the plane right then, but you know, I worked And I worked in teams and I played on athletic teams and boy scouts where it was always about hanging with the team and hanging with the guys and you took care of each other so that's why I just waited in the back to make sure if anybody needed help to get out I could be there to help because I was alive I didn't know if anybody else was alive in the back of the plane but once we got everybody out when I made my way out because then all of a sudden there's no was no room on the wing or the boat for me but so that's why I ultimately was on the on the plane about seven minutes waist deep in the 36 degree water holding on to the lifeboat because when it's time for me to get out shovel there was no room on the wing or the boat for me so i had to hang out someplace and fortunately for me that you know know, good morning america showed that the first picture they showed was me hanging out of the plane so i was like wow i don't even realize remember that but it sort of brought back that memory wow that's that that is awesome there so so
1: now a question there uh two more questions uh if you had the opportunity and I know you spent time with a lot of, uh, you know, people, famous people before. But if you had the opportunity to spend one day with someone you admire, past or present, to learn from, who would that person be?
2: That person would be Jesus Christ. I would love to hang a day with Jesus, because one thing, you know, if you read the Bible and know anything about that, every, and I tell people, I'm sure Jesus had some bad days in his life. Every day in his life wasn't rosy and pixie dust and sunshine um but he always lived his values and he always did what did the right thing so i would love to have been uh, been with him for a day and followed him to see exactly how the day of jesus line up and that would be the one person all right now
1: where can uh, people find out more about uh your work well thank you i
2: i, I the best way is to go to my website DaveSandersonSpeaks.com. dot com i I interact with everybody personally there's no filters I know my assistants don't do it I do it personally but you can get a lot of information but right now if you want to learn a lot what's going on I the three major avenues are Facebook I give out I every share every day what's going on with not only my life but also what's going on around the movie and my books and things on that Twitter I share the, the, the most recent update and then LinkedIn which has turned out to be probably one of my strongest ways to communicate I share the business, excuse me the business lessons uh that i learned and i've i shared you know, not only in my book but uh but in my talk so people can get some insights about how can you use this in business how the things you learn in your business so uh, those are the best ways of course you can email me at dave at DaveSandersonSpeaks.com and i I talk to everybody personally and I would love people to check out my book moments matter i if you order it on on my website, I personalize it for everybody I'd be honored to have have a read about it and um just check out the movie, Sully, and see if we know, see anybody we all know.
1: All right. Well, uh, Dave Sanderson, again, I want to say thank you again for being here on the show. I'm truly honored. Uh, do you have any uh, final words uh, for our audience?
2: I'll just say is when, when you face that time in your life, when something's go- something happens, a traumatic experience, and everybody in their life will face it sometime, you just don't know when, just remember that other people have gone through it themselves. Um, and I'll leave you with this. My dad, before he passed away a couple years ago, and I had a conversation about what was really going on in this country, and he reminded me, he said, you know, when I was a kid, we had a depression, and, you know, we ate one time a day, and we didn't have any money, and, you know, we moved to Illinois, and he said, candidly, he said, we got through it. He said, you always get through it if you just have persistence and stick together. And he said that back then, there was a sense of community where people were taking care of people. So I would say when you face your time, that personal plane crash time in your life, make sure you have your team with you, make sure you support your team so they can support you and you'll get through it likewise. All right.
1: Well, Dave Sanson again, thank you for joining me. What's the
0: word? Well everyone, I hope you enjoyed this uh episode with uh Dave Sanson, the uh, one of the survivors of America Hudson. Uh say for the in and out of the uh, the podcast. That's uh wasn't that wasn't planned, but that's I guess, you know, that's the way how technology works. Unfortunately, but uh, you can now uh, listen to the show. You can now uh, visit us uh, what this we- uh Dave Sanson's website at com. and also you can follow him on Twitter at Dave Sanson too. Also, and then also you know check out the movie uh, Sorry, which is coming out the September ninth. You know you can see the see the behind the scenes of, uh, of what how about the how everyone got out of the U.S. Airways flight 1549. And also, you know, also care uh, v- about, uh, you know, so please uh, visit his website again at www.davessantonspeak.com and follow him on Twitter at David Samson too. Well, everyone, if you miss this episode live, it will be archived kind of on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play Music. And also you can visit my uh, social media com- company's website at www.valonamedia.com forward slash podcast slash two. to. To listen to this uh, episode and other past episodes of uh, What's the Word. And also, uh, if you if you enjoyed uh, this episode and other episodes of this show, can you leave a review on iTunes? I'll truly appreciate it. And also, just like give me feedback and when you take up the show. Now, everyone, uh, that is it for today's show. And before I go, I want to say this show is sponsored again by Office in America, which is a co working space. And you can visit their website at www.officeinamerica.com. Well, thank you for joining me on What's the Word of sure the Show. It's about finding out what inspires people to succeed in their respective careers. My name is Shival John. Be real and be independent. And I leave you now with uh, He Will Never Leave You by Angel Sessions. Have a great uh, week, everyone, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday.
3: with you, yeah. Now